Well, hi, Sponsor G-Pops. You're on the air. Ladies and gentlemen, I spot the cheap pops. This is Silicon Sea Valley with Bloody Dottie. And we're talking at the very, very best of professional wrestling podcasting you're ever going to see. Yeah, we're literally better than every one of the other ones. Every one. Bloody, how are you doing? Um, I'm basking in that, that ounce of truth you just threw on the table about us being better than everybody. We're better than most of them. Most of them are like, yo, man, I, I think this is going to be happening. I think the Dylan Rock is going to be fighting Cody and Roman in a triple threat match with Nia Jax in a shock tank. Nah, man, I just, I saw one the other day. It was just like, and they had like 2,000 views. I'm like, we did have one video that went 150,000. We were working very hard on that one. Um, but Vladi Dottie, AEW continues to seemingly not look like the most stable ship at the moment. We're going to get into the episodes, the last, the most recent episode of Collision last night's Dynamite. But we're get, we got to start with there's a couple of big things. First, we have what we're going to talk about is Tony Khan and his latest embarrassment. And we're not going to say a lot different than most other people are going to say, but we're definitely going to comment on that. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the Young Bucks making their triumphant and glorious return to retire a possible top 10 legend of all time after they've barely been significant on television for over two and a half years. Great. Good job. Sorry. I don't want anyone getting crazy. Two years and a quarter because they haven't been really relevant. Say what you want about the triples tag matches. And I'm talking about relevant as a tag team and as a storyline, not just as showing up in wrestling. They have not been relevant since Kenny Omega lost the title to Hangman Adam Page. And that some of the things that they, do, they did were an embarrassment and winning the titles was just because Jeff Hardy got drunk and got in a car again. And it was a no nothing like what was, I think it was one of the, I think it might've been the shortest tag team title reign of all time. And it was only like four or five, maybe six weeks. It was completely irrelevant. They have not been an impact player in the tag division or in storylines since Kenny Omega lost that, that world title. So they just waltz back in after getting the biggest moneymaker the company ever saw, getting him fired. They waltz back, and I guess we're going to lead with the Bucks, Vladdy, because I'm pissed off. Man, might as well roll with it. We'll get to you, Tony. Don't you worry, you son of a bitch. These guys, Vladdy, after being almost completely insignificant, are still, still leeching on the fact that, yeah, we st- you know what? Let me tell you something, Vladdy. We started this company. We're the most important things that this company ever did. They did start the company. But just like their owner, they are becoming albatrosses and problems within the company. So after they do everything they can, added, I'm sure, and certainly wasn't their best sell to this whole CM Punk thing. After they get him, essentially, I'm sure they were strong arm and getting him fired. Just speculation. Then they take time away from TV again for a big rebirth and a big repackage. And the big repackage is they look like one of the black and white cookies you get coming out of a bakery, the way they were dressed, one white and one black. And then they shave their beards to have the really cool porno mustaches that are in again for some fucking dumb reason. And that's their big reboot. 
and they're coming back to retire Sting. I don't know if I can defend any of this. And Vladi Dotti, I have you and I have almost gotten into shouting arguments with me defending these two motherfuckers. Yeah, true. Like literally, we got into it on this show, heavily got into it. I'm saying, look, I can't see them being this bad. I can't see them being this immature. I can't see them. But the reality is they haven't been impact players. They haven't done their jobs correctly. And the balls to just come out and they're going to retire Sting. This, I it's ballsy. I don't like it. I wanted something else. I would have maybe seen rather like many people, maybe Darby versus Sting or have a significant feud. Now, the Bucks might be able to turn this into something where they become complete scumbags and they super kick Ric Flair and they do everything they can. And then they're going to get the, the pin on Sting to maybe set them up to a new, a new chapter in their careers because they certainly need a rebrand because they are not even a top five tag team in the world anymore. Little, maybe I don't even think a top 10. No. So they're going to need this. This is a, this can't just be like respect, 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 respect. They got to be scumbags here and they got to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Entertaining for the first time since Kenny's shoulders were pinned to the mat by hanging Adam page at full gear 2022. Sorry, 2021. Is it possible I was right. they could do this? We'll see, right? <laughs> What's up? Because I haven't, I asked, is, is it possible that they can be entertaining? I, you know, since around that time, I haven't really seen it. I, I, I don't know. Um, when they were enthralled in that, in that, they were good. I think they had a good first tag team title run as, as when they were baby faces and turned heels and they were with the elite. That was good. But they had the whole package going on there. This is important for them, folks. And look, it's and this is the problem. It's not important for them in the in the case that they're going to get fired or they're not going to get booked any way they fucking want. Right. And by the way, I'm not saying they don't put anyone over. I don't want anyone putting words in our mouths. These guys have done a lot to give back to the people they wanted to. They've done all, they've gone and been great people to work with to the people that they care about and love. Not so much other, other people. Now that goes two ways in many respects, but I thought it took a lot of audacity. And quite frankly, I don't think the young bucks deserve to give sting his retirement match. That's my take. Vladi. What's your take? I agree with you. I don't understand, you know, and in like in pre-production, we're saying that like evidently Sting was like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to have my retirement match be a tag team match and with the Young Bucks. And you and I are trying to figure out perhaps why. I don't understand the connection. I don't see the connection. And, you know, considering the lack of history there overall, like I never think there's never been a time in my life and Sting's entire career, even watching him as a fan in his mo most current AEW run. That I th ever thought, wow, Sting, Young Bucks, Sting, a connection of any kind, like be it a match, a friendship, an alliance, anything. So after all this, all these years of history that Sting has given us, he's being walked out the door by Matt and Nick. 
who really, I think I would say user term is undeserving of this. Yeah. And I'm, tr- and I'm trying to think of a better, you know, perhaps Jericho makes more sense. Um, Darby makes to me is the, would have been the perfect thing. And you know what? Like, you kind of probably done something pretty cool with that. Well, like Darby being hesitant, not wanting to do it, staying requesting it. And then Tony Khan saying, Darby, you have to do this. And not for nothing. A big part of that Vladi is that who's been the strongest member of that team. Every time they've tagged it's Sting show. Yeah. It's been Sting show. So it should have been something that Darby needed to get to move out of Sting's shadow. It's something that he needed to know for himself. Easy storyline, the love, the camaraderie. This they're going to be pulling out of nowhere. They're going to have to make it the young bucks being scumbags. If it goes respect, it's going to be corny and lame, and the bucks are going to do what they always do since 2022. They're going to be boring and lame, and they're going to get the mild reaction that they got at Daly's place. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can even work in with if it was Darby and say if Tony Khan like forced his hand. You could even worked in the whole like uh, Mount Everest thing after, say, Darby beats Sting. You know, like he's gone and grown as a person and, you know, he had to go blah, blah, blah. And then and there's a little bit of a different Darby after he comes back, you know, will be as popular as ever. And then you could get, mix him into either the TNT championship or the world championship. You, Listen, you, Darby. Yeah. You, you like, could have Dar- a shot. Mike- you could have the shot. Michaels. Ma- Oh, sorry. Darby's match with Darby's match with uh, Takeshka was just awesome. And getting to your point, yeah, it's like Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, and you know the whole like "I love you" moment. Not that you have to do that verbatim, but you could have some sort of feeling at that moment where Darby does what he has to do. And honestly, in Greensboro, where they're having it, Darby is a pillar. He's deserving. If Sting didn't want to do a singles match for some reason or Darby didn't want to do it, listen, that's where you go back to Tony Khan and Tony Khan goes, no. This, you guys have been a tag team for the vast majority of this of, of Sting's history here. It's only right. You know? And, and honestly, right now, currently with Jericho's situation, there's too many distractions. So that sort of made that. And, and you know, if you asked me, what, three weeks ago, I would have never said this. But now, you can't. Darby's perfect. And who's not perfect or deserving is the Young Bucks. Like, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, what what happens? They're going to, like, who's going to win this match? Do you think they're going to job? I think they'll job, yes. Okay, and then Sting wins his final match, right? I I 100% think that's going to happen. I I think if it was a one-on-one match, maybe not. But why? they're going to have Sting have his entire AEW career be undefeated. He hasn't lost it. First of all, has Sting lost a tag team match yet? No, I don't no. think so. And, Has Sting lost and, a match yet? No. What's and you know what? Like watching watching him and him and Darby last night, I felt I feel like this is one of those like Brian Danielson moments where I think there's been a lost opportunity of Sting to me should have been like a tag team champion, like at some point. And maybe even like leading into this retirement match. Like he should have had a little bit of a run with something. You know, and maybe it's a situation like keeping the undefeated thing going, as you mentioned, where Darby gets injured and they have to rescind the belts. He never actually loses it. His record still still remains perfect. There's plenty of stuff they could have done. Yeah. But what we get instead is spy versus spy young bucks coming out with weird weirdo mustaches like they're they've been on to catch a predator. And 
they just sort of look at Sting and, and Darby and Ric Flair in the ring. And and it's like, well, okay, are you, did you guys make a wrong turn and came out to the stage for some reason? Are you visiting, collecting a check? What's What are you here for? And that's what Big rebrand. Oh, such a huge rebrand. I mean, where was Brandon Cutler? I have no idea. Well, we subtracted them, say, which is a rebrand. But you brought up a really interesting thing in pre-production. And I had already thought that Flair might turn on Sting. Why wouldn't he? He's the dirtiest player in the game, what yeah. have you. You brought up an interesting point. If it does go the way where the Bucks actually do win, they they can – And it, honestly, when someone is retiring, they should lose. Put someone over. They should, yeah. That's why you do the thing with Darby, as we were talking about, or, or you do it with somebody else, like a swerve possibly for some reason like you could start a few just with but the thing is is i don't think sting thinks he can have a one-on-one match possibly that could be the thing sting might not believe he can have a good one-on-one match even with darby i think darby's good enough where he can make it work but sting sting can only do so much he's kind of a he doesn't have a lot of uh, tricks in the hat anymore he's still great he's still entertaining he's doing still doing stuff that he didn't even do in his 20s and 30s yeah so he's still great, but I think Sting also might not want to have his last match be a Ric Flair last match, where people are like, shit. You know, yeah. I think he's in his sweet spot. So this might be a lot by Sting. That being said, I would be I would be shocked if Darby Allen couldn't make that work with Sting. I'd be shocked. Right. And Darby Allen, he's just an incredible, unique talent. Yeah. He's just yeah, he's great. Um, but and, and he's and he's over. The fans really like him, you know. And it's like he's got something to him. It's it's I don't know. Dare I say like it's it's like Sting meets Brian Danielson meets I don't know. Like who else would you throw in there to sort of describe Darby? I mean, he's he's a couple different things going on there. Just how vicious he hits and what he takes and the way he bumps for people. It's just he's great. He's one of the better parts of AEW, just as far as the product of the show, the presentation, everything. I genuinely care about him as a human being. Like, like I care about people. And I don't know him from Adam, obviously. But when he takes bumps, I get mad at him. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, Darby? He, like, he landed on his head last night. The rope. I was like, what are you doing to yourself, dude? Holy yeah. shit. He just does not. He has no F's to give about his body. He's going to be crippled. He's going to get hurt real bad, and I would hate to see it, but maybe he won't, man, because obviously the way he looks at it, like he can only... I wonder what kind of shelf life he thinks he has, because he has a lot of other interests in his life. Yeah, There's no way he can be thinking he's wrestling past 35, 30, like mid-30s, maybe 38. There's no Not way. Not Not, style, no man. way, unless he changes his game, which he may do. But, yeah. but yeah, that 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 was a not a very impressed with the young bucks right there. And look, if they turn it heel and they become these obnoxious pricks to get people like you and me to hate them even more, then that's what they should do. Are they smart enough to do it? We no. have seen so far, no, they're not smart enough at all. Let's speaking of not smart, Tony Khan, did you do anything embarrassing on Twitter this week? <laughs> No, you know, I was just trying to talk about some of the great things that are happening in AEW and and really the great matches we had lined up for Dynamite. And, you know, then somebody 
said something about Hook calling up Samoa Joe. I put a lot of thought into that. And he's had a 26 and one record and he's only had one loss. And that was a loss was actually in a very weird situation. He had already wrestled once the night before. So it's kind of a weird thing. And then Jinder Mahal just shows up out of nowhere. And it's like fucking God, this is bullshit. <laughs> Nobody cares. Jinder Mahal's a douchebag and he's a child molester. <laughs> he just throws. <laughs> Tony's at the point where he's just throwing unwarranted. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> remarks about gender there now. Huh? You know, Vince McMahon? Well, those are probably true if I say those. I, I don't give a shit. I have a lot more money than Jim Crockett does, and I'm not going to take this fucking shit. <laughs> Tony Khan this week, Lottie. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm going to paraphrase. I don't, I don't, I, because I, unfortunately, I am not professional. I don't have the tweets in front of me. Um, <laughs> but look, we're, this is, we're, we're a couple of days after this was already dropped. We know what the tweet, tweet said. He basically disparaged Jinder Mahal. I guess there was some kind of internet reaction that Hook called out Samoa Joe. I didn't really, whatever. It's going to be a, a, some Samoa's first defense. It's against the mid Carter. Yeah. Everyone freaks the fuck out about every little thing these days. So everyone freaks out about that, and, and that's a good that's good experience for Hook. I didn't understand like what the like, yeah, let Hook go and wrestle him. I get it. Let him job. It's all good. And why would you care to Tony? Like, sh- like stop right. listening to these douchebag, yeah, idiots on the internet. So I guess he took exception to it because a lot of people probably saying that about Hook were probably what the AEW sycophants, the tribals tribalists on the AEW side, call e drones. So Tony probably thought they were e-drones. So he wanted to call out their hypocrisy because Jinder Jinder Mahal after essentially doing the J-O-B to the Rock the week before. In some lieu of payback, he's a hard worker, a good guy behind the scenes. One of the worst champions in history. But they're like, okay, we're going to give him a a title match on a Monday Night Raw against Seth Rollins. Again, not a big deal. Not even a big deal. Let him let this let this mid Carter and he's a mid Carter now. I thought he was facing like the Royal Rumble. That's that would have pissed me off. Right. Like you're gonna make me watch this shit. I'm sorry, I don't like Ginger Mahal. But <laughs> Tony Khan says, "Whoa, everyone's making fun of Hook. What about Ginger Mahal? He hasn't won a match in one since 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 2022 when he won over and he probably gave a specific match because he knows everything like he's Brain Man, All right? Like I do." which is kind of silly. So I'm making fun of him for doing the same thing. But he basically just disparages Jinder Mahal. And he is complaining that people are critiquing his product. And Lottie, he, then he gets into it with all these different people. Eric Bischoff is going to have a lot more clicks this week because guess who took the bait? Yep. Bischoff calling him a clown. A lot of people using the emoji clown for Tony Khan right now. This wasn't even the worst one he's ever done. This is the second worst one. I think the worst one was when they got beat by NXT. But Vladi Dottie. I think now it's long enough. We're five years in. The last three years, we have seen an unhinged, irresponsible, immature, unreliable, inconsistent 
man in the owner of AEW, and that is Tony Khan. The way he has carried himself on Twitter, the way he's carried himself in post-media scrums, and even his ineffectiveness on how he's handled all the backstage drama, Tony Khan, similar to the Young Bucks, love you, grateful for you for starting this company. Thank you. You've made the business a better place to be, no doubt. But you're fucking up. And you need to sit out a couple plays. Please put someone sane and professional in charge at the moment. Because, Tony, you are killing yourself. You're killing your team. You're killing your wrestlers. You're killing everybody who's trying to make AEW work. In the in this dark storm that you have been navigating through, like your Ray Charles. And I mean dead Ray Charles, not even the one who's just blind. Tony, you need to understand that. You, when you do these things, you take the attention away from the product on the television. Ho-ass tweets. Let me tell you something. Samoa Joe was referring to wrestlers in his promo, but the ho-ass tweets is directly to Tony Khan as well. Because what everyone, who is everybody talking about AEW this week? What's everyone talking about? Tony Khan's tweeting. Tony Khan sucks at tweeting. Oh, what about this great Samoa Joe promo that's coming out? Or what about this match with Sammy? What what about the stuff that's happening inside the ring and on the television screen? No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Tony Khan. Once again, your product is not the your product is not the main story again. And it's been that's been the same goddamn thing. And CM Punk isn't there anymore to blame. This is on you, Tony. And now. Maybe and every time something like this happens, you understand why CM Punk was so frustrated. And you're starting to understand, well, maybe if, if you were a person who looked at this thing fairly, maybe CM Punk isn't quite as bad as I thought. Yeah, CM Punk still was a douchebag at certain moments. I'm always going to be holding him accountable for that. But Jesus Christ, dude. This is kind of like he was in the mad real world. If you remember when the white guy was in the old Chappelle show when the house of, of all the black people, like the real world, but it was the mad real, the mad real world. CM Punk probably felt like that. Like I'm the only sane person here. That's yep. a bad fucking example. Everything I'm saying, right? Just, but CM Punk, by looking around and seeing this owner act like this and CM Punk probably didn't care because CM Punk probably could manipulate Tony Khan as good as anybody. Yep. But when he acts like this, he's no longer the tough, awesome underdog who's trying to take on the big company. He's the spoiled little billionaire brat Mark who doesn't know how to run a wrestling company. Yeah. You've made Jinder Mahal a sympathetic figure. How in the flying do you do that, for Christ's sake? Bloody dotty. How is Jinder Mahal having a movement on Twitter? Don't hinder Jinder. What is that bullshit? Jinder Mahal is the worst world champion in the modern era. <laughs> it was six months of darkness. Thank God AJ Styles came to the rescue and he fought Brock Lesnar at the Survivor Series and not Jinder Mahal. Because no one would have given a fuck. And Mahal couldn't take the German suplexes right. <gasps> <laughs> so that's the big thing. He's killing, he's hurting his own company and he's hurting his own, again, his own brand, his own reputation. It just continues to sink AEW looking like a jerk-off indie promotion that it may wind up turning out to be. That's the way it's looking. You're absolutely right. It's just nuts that, you know, that 
this is becoming a, a topic of conversation on a Tuesday night. And, you know, and the, you, you sense and feel the feeding frenzy online. And, and I feel like Tony just feeds into it. He's like, oh, okay, look at, like, I wish at these moments his father, Shad Khan, would just turn off the phone on him. Hey, Dad, how you doing? Um, what is, who are you calling a bald asshole? Like, <laughs> is that what you do in the wrestling niche? I've never called it, I've never called the competitor a bald asshole. <laughs> well, no, Dad, you don't understand. It's a funny meme. Uh, it's the internet wrestling community. The what? <laughs> it's the internet wrestling community. They're, they're really good guys. A lot of me, a lot of them like me, but the people that don't like me, they're e-drones, and they hate me no matter what, and they think we suck, and they're racist. Okay, you, you can play this game for another couple of years, but you start keep on losing million, thirty million dollars every year. We're gonna have to talk. Okay, Dad. Thanks. No problem. Uh, one more thing. Um, have you have you heard about the? Have you thought about Mercedes Monet? Not worth the money. How about if I mow the lawn? Okay, little whippersnapper, go ahead. Actual audio we've gotten from Shad Khan and Tony Khan. It's a nice little like, look into their lives. I feel like I love doing that. That was nice. I hope that's a funny bit. Yeah, you work with that. It's like the Howard Stern thing. Hello, yeah. son. Like it sounds anything like you do when you talk on the phone. Like that sounds anything like it. You should you should literally like find some videos of Shad Khan doing some interviews and just zero in on how he actually sounds. No one would care now though. That was good enough. Yeah. But Vladdy Dottie. Uh, yeah, continue. I just you know. But you're right. Shad Khan needs to step in. He needs to step in and turn off his phone and like shut off his Twitter account, basically. Like somebody has to slap the phone out of his hands. It's just ridiculous. And for him to just go back and forth with Bischoff and then, you know, uh, like, it just, it's crazy how this all evolved. And it's Bischoff's loving it. Bischoff's getting so much more yeah. attention. And Bischoff's loving it because a lot of the things that he predicted, they're happening. Yeah, they are. And and I don't like Bischoff. I think he's a phony. I think a lot of the you know he conveniently forgets certain things in oh, every other story that make that might make him look bad. And then of course he'll remember everything to a T. Conversely, disagreeing with other people who, quite frankly, have a better reputation of being honest than he does. It just to me, I, I don't get it. I, I, Bischoff has always been weird. Um, again, he did. He he did a lot of this stupid this shit with Vince McMahon booking him in a match and cutting a yeah. promo on him. And again, you're punching up. Tony's doing it in a much different way. And quite frankly, I would say in a more cowardly way. Because at least Bischoff Definitely. can cut at least Bischoff can cut a fucking promo. And Great Bischoff speaker. was willing and Bischoff, and I know he was. I, I will say this about Bischoff. He was willing. That Vince McMahon beat his ass on on his own pay per view if that if Vincent showed up, totally would have let him. Yep. Um, so Bischoff, as much as I kill him as being a phony and a liar, the guy isn't, and I don't think I think he's about a half of his intelligent about the wrestling business as he thinks he is. I certainly uh, hold a lot of other opinions much higher than Eric Bischoff's. Jim Cornette being one of them, by the way. Um, but Bischoff. 
is right about a lot of things he says about Tony Khan and for Tony and not have anyone around him to sit him down and say, look, dude, you can't do this anymore because you're hurting your company. That's the thing. You're hurting it. It's like you're, you're beating your own kid. That's what you're doing. And it's a joke. It's a childish, it's immature and it's stupid. And you yeah. look like an internet wrestling jerk off. Like the all, all, all the loud ones that are, are out there. Yeah. And they're the worst human beings on the planet. Yeah. Outside, outside of the Hamas. I heard they're not that great. What do you say, Mr. Khan? I'm not touching that one. Probably cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't touching that one either. Neither am I. But anyway. So, Vladi, that's that's where we're at. Any, what else you got on for Antonio Khan? Any other points? Um, because I went a lot. I I went nuts. I went. Yeah, no, no, I get it. And then you know you did touch on all the important po- points there, of course. And it just again, it just it's amazing to see this guy in such a position of power where he is taking. Keep in mind, this is twenty four hours before his live program. He's taking his energy and putting it into Twitter versus working on his show. And you know what, Tony? You could tell. That dynamite was shit. Bunch of bad dynamite. What a great segue. Yeah. Your segue was as smooth as butter on a roll, baby. You know what I'm saying? A real hotly cooked roll. So it's hot enough where the butter would melt, or then it wouldn't really be smooth. It would just be awkward. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the wrong sort of analogy. Wouldn't be a tasty. Um... (laughs) Collision, Dynamite, and even last week's Dynamite to a lesser extent. It seems like they're just letting them wrestle. Not a lot of plans, and they're not really building any storylines. They're not moving any st- a lot of storylines forward. And then the ones that they are is, is like a snail's pace. Like we literally, we literally saw Vladi Dotti almost repeats of all different segments from last week's Dynamite to this, and this, the last week's Collision to this week's Dynamite. The Bullet Club and the Acclaimed. Ooh, they're flirting with talking each other in a minute in a in a one minute backstage segment again. Ooh, riveting. Yeah. Ooh, Chris Statlander. A super fa- a super faction. Ooh, Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. They're still friends, still buddies. Stokely Hathaway is still kind of favoring Chris Statlander, who has a lizard for some reason. Again, nothing moved forward. Edge faced Griff Garrison. Now, the Edge thing I changed my mind on a little bit. It looks like I know what they're doing with Edge. Yeah. They're having Edge wrestle a bunch of jobbers, mid-carters, whatever, up-and-comers, whatever you want to call. Ham and Angers. So he can work his way back the way Christian told him to. So it's going to be a one more triumphant match when they do the TLC. I think Edge and Christian are okay. So I'm not going to kill that. I was going to say, who, who got, who got, who who benefited from that Griff Garrison edge match? Sorry, Adam Copeland match. Griff Garrison is the only one who benefited from it. But if it's one little part of, of Adam Copeland's story to get back to Christian, I'm okay with that. But I was going to kill that too. But you had the, the two eight-man tag matches. Just You didn't have two eight-man tag matches the previous two years. 
Why did you spend over about 40 minutes of television time with eight insignificant eight-man tag matches? Like you are a New Japan G1 card. That's what it is. Right. And it just, it just, they're just, he's just making matches right now. Book, Bubba Ray said something very poignant. And I actually agree with him. He said that Tony Khan is not a booker. He's a matchmaker. And making matches when you have a great roster isn't that big of a deal. Great, we got Hangman and Cesaro. Or we got Hangman and Claudio. Great, but you threw it together at the last minute. There was no real impact or reason for them arguing. If you want Hangman to have a good fight, have him face a guy who's not allegedly a top guy like Claudio is supposed to be. So Claudio just gets jobbed out after losing a couple matches in the, in the C2. It's just, what are we doing here? What the heck are we doing? You don't put your world champion on the, the comeback match after your, after he wins at a pay-per-view. You tease him, he's going to be on. He cuts a one-minute backstage promo after the fact, pre-recorded. Right. It just, you had Daniel Garcia part of two main events last week. Is that necessary? You know and that's terrible again. And, and I don't understand when Tony's not going to, like, when, when is Tony going to learn his lesson? Why do you have to force Daniel Garcia into main events? He's never brought any ratings. He's not all that great. And I don't understand why he's getting these sort of accolades and this sort of TV time. I have a theory. What's the theory? I think maybe it's a Vince Sean thing. Oh, you know. Yeah. You know, heartbreak kid. You want me to get rid of Bret Hart, do you? Well, you know what you got to do. The showstopper never. Anyway. Oh, boy. Well, I got to cut that one, too. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, I, the Daniel Garcia thing is crazy. And now I got to go and suffer the pain of him creating some sort of alliance with my favorite tag team, FTR. Why am I being punished, God? That's like when Baron Corbin or Grayson Waller are with somebody I care about. I have to watch it. It's like, oh. yeah, it's bullshit. You feel like I've missed Baron Corbin. Not at all. <laughs> Apparently he's doing some great things in NXT and I'm glad. Get that NXT championship, buddy. Yeah. But um, yeah. So uh, who were we talking about before Baron, Baron Corbin here? It was the uh, Daniel, Daniel Garcia, Garcia your favorite. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, that I love the botch of the uh, sharpshooter on the table with Swerve. That was a beautiful moment. That's so uh, stuff like that's going to happen. That's happened in WWE pay per view events several times. So uh, don't don't kill him for it. Come on, but again, spots are going to happen. It wasn't like again, it was an awkward again, the, the, thing. The bad spot doesn't happen if he's not in the main event. Fair. Okay, that was that so, was on Garcia. Yeah, again, sure. and 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 again, does that. Like why swerve one of your hottest, you know, properties going basically and in, in, in individuals on your on your uh, roster going against this guy in a main event? Why? Because he was just in the tournament that you created and you put him in it. I mean, that's the criteria here. Yeah, I mean, you go up and down this, these two shows. Last collision, last night's yeah. dynamite. There's just it's just there's no reason. It's getting like uh, I'm like stuttering a lot tonight. That means I'm going to have to edit the fucking thing before I put it on Spotify. Great. Uh, 
to me, I it's I just think it's a situation where they, they didn't move any storylines forward at all. And you didn't have to watch it like a rampage. Both of these shows felt like rampages. That's the thing. Yeah. They feel like rampages and rampages is I don't I D G A F. Yeah. And it looks like an indie show. I, I tell you, it has the feel. And if you've ever gone to an indie show and you've seen the more popular old timers, maybe been in WWE or WCW or even AEW, but they're on the indie circuit now and they're playing these smaller places. It's like they're just at the end of the match. It's like, oh, they're happy to be there. Like they weren't just involved in a, in a wrestling match. They're like, yeah. okay, we're buddies. Everyone's happy taking taking photos, doing the whole nine. Now, granted, it's, I think it, maybe they're doing this primarily just with Sting, but. I, it just seems to me that just showing up and wrestling is enough for this show. And it's not. It's an episodic television show. Now, they have talked about making it a more of a sports-based presentation. They already were a sports-based presentation. If you're trying to go further like New Japan, you're not getting a night of the television contract next year. If this if last night and collision are indicative of the programming moving forward, I can't even promise I'm going to keep on watching these shows consistently. Sorry. And you know what? And I'm with you on that. You know, we had a detractor today say that all we do is talk about AEW, which is complete lie and nonsense. But we're not going to have a lot to talk about because we're not going to watch the stuff. We'll, I will, we'll watch the things that we seem important. We can catch it all. They released the entire episode on social media anyway, just like WWE. You can watch every poignant part on social media. I'm not going to have to waste my fucking time on these episodes anymore. And this is the problem. I'm a guy who, and so are you, Vladi. We want AEW to be great. It was the better program for most of the first two and a half years it was in existence until a guy by the name of Triple H took over the pencil in WWE. It was the better overall show, despite WWE's bells and whistles, the production, the roster, the training programming, everything else. It was the better show by and large. It's not even close anymore. It's not. In every step of the way. In fact, even the professional wrestling is consistently better in WWE now. Because you don't have one or two matches a week that are terrible. That are a joke. That there's at least two or three botches. And it looks like they should be jerking the curtain at the, at, at the indie show down the street. It's a disaster right now. Because you're not making people feel. Ooh. There's great wrestling all over the place, folks, not just AEW. There's great wrestling in New Japan. There's great wrestling in MLW, great wrestling in NWA, great wrestling in WWE. The list goes on and on. GCW, not so much. Just joking. <laughs> but so having a great, having a, I'm sorry, I forgot TNA. Having great wrestling matches is not enough to get yourself a TV deal, brah. You need stars. And what stars are you building right now? Swerve, you had an opportunity to put him in a champion one-on-one. Finally get that play. Nope. Hangman. Maybe they have a long-term plan for Swerve, and he seems like he's over. Maybe there's a long-term plan for him to take the title off of Samoa Joe, like I hinted at last week. But that should happen another eight months down the road. Yeah. 
Um, but it just, it's like you, you got Samoa Joe open up and, and actually I'll let you take it over for that. But the Samoa Joe promo, he did his job. Yep. He, he's the, he's guy, the one professional. He's the one professional out there. This, this guy knows how to work it. I love Samoa yep. Joe. Yeah. Well, it he just, looks great. With, he looks great with the title. He comes out there. You believe what he says. He's very confident on the mic. He's got great inflection. You know, you can tell when he's sort of telling a joke. Uh, you can tell when he's dead serious. And he gets the message out there. It's a pro's pro. It's great. Yeah. He did his job. And then, yeah. 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 And then, you know, and then this evolves into Swerve coming out with his entire career, the Mogul Embassy, uh, right? Mogul Empire, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Non owned company. And uh, and then, you know, Swerve, of course, is like trying to play off of Joe and, you know, Swerve is letting be known that it's, you know, that title's in his future and rightfully so. He's one of the hottest uh, individuals in that in that company. But then just because Hangman Adam Page beat Claudio earlier in the night, he feels that he has the ability and the right to walk out there and get into that mix for some reason. Like, why are we bringing Swerve back into another feud that he just got out of? And, and shouldn't and Hangman be focusing that? on? Shouldn't Hangman be focusing on the Devil too and Adam Cole? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I, and that's and and that's the other thing. And then you know, of course, they have like the sort of like you know weird standoff going on. They start leaving. Joe hangs in, and then all of a sudden, Hook comes out to sort of promote next week's match. Okay, it is what it is with that. Yeah. But getting to the Adam Cole and Undisputed Empire thing, they come out, and then if you want to see what not to do in professional wrestling, watch this segment, which is basically uh, a clone of what happened last week. Um, th- just yeah. the optics of a pale, pasty. Adam Cole looking sickly, coming out there with a walking boot, not looking imposing in the slightest, having to sit in a chair to cut the promo, and surrounded by the Undisputed Era, basically, 2.0, with Wardlow, who is obviously not aligned with him. So now the message to me is Adam Cole, who is such a genius, he was able to go and basically outsmart MJF, who is the devil himself, really. Smartest guy, best heel, uh, most conniving, et cetera, et cetera. Adam Cole was able to outsmart that, but the big guy who's behind him, who he's treating like kill switch, he's not picking up on that for some reason. How friggin' stupid. Okay, I kind of like how Wardlow keeps on just giving these weird looks like, yeah, and, and then again, this is kind of how does this build up Wardlow? Wardlow feels like he's got to go into another faction where he's going to be mistreated. Come on. And oh, by the way, Wardlow, don't you have any issues with like Samoa Joe himself too, still? Yeah. Like none of this makes sense. None of it. And you want to think that maybe they have a plan. Maybe they got six months worth of television out of this because it is possible. You, you would think they would be prepared if they want to launch a faction. But has any other faction that got launched done well? Like like right away? A couple? Maybe Blackpool Combat Club? Okay. The Elite? Okay. 
But how wise. about how about the pinnacle? How'd that go? How about the Jericho appreciate? I guess Jericho Appreciation Society was okay. They're on TV every week. That's the thing. If they're on TV every week, you're fine. But their factions have. But wait, they were fine being on TV. However, it wasn't necessarily great TV to watch. No, it was not. So therefore, this is like the category that this is one of those acceptable categories for Tony Khan. And and then I, I just have a major issue where they're able to outsmart MJF and but also but already doing idiotic things and not necessarily reading the room that's within their own faction. So we know Wardlow's gonna turn. Like and also what's driving Wardlow to do this? This is the only way for you to get a title shot against Samoa Joe. You already have heat and beef with them. Like, why do you need sickly Adam Cole there basically just being a shitty manager? Yeah, I mean, you got to shave it. Uh, No, it's maybe they're going to shave his head. But uh, again, the thing is, Lottie, we think we know because there's times we thought we know what Tony was doing. And he did something that was just not because a lot of times what we think we're doing, you know, may not what we think they're going to do. We might not necessarily even like it, but we think they're going to do it. Sometimes we call that out on Tony. Oh, he'll probably do this. And Tony doesn't do that. But what he does makes absolutely zero sense. It's almost like he calls an audible because he wants to outsmart the, the marks on t- on the marks, unquote, on the Internet. Yeah. Look, I, I, he shouldn't be he shouldn't be booking or matchmaking his show like that. He should just be looking at what progresses the story here. With, with the United, with the with the undisputed uh, kingdom and everything, with uh, Samoa Joe, like you know, like with Swerve, like with, like concentrate on these entities and and honestly, man, like for it's just sad because MJF to me is the epitome of AEW. Like you know, like I understand everybody you know has a soft spot for the elite, but like seeing his the, his career thus far, like I feel like pretty blessed that I'm seeing this legend grow in front of me yeah. and seeing what he's capable of doing, what, how he basically put that company on his back for almost the last year, if not more than the last year. And then the ashes of what happened there for him to go and get outsmarted by these idiots. It just, it just it beyond me. Well, I mean, I'm not going to kill him for that. Like I said, I thought the storyline was okay. I, th- I thought the storyline was okay. I certainly would have appreciated if the review, if the faction was better. But we already have a video on that. Um, so far, not so good, though. You can call it the Undisputed whatever. I call it the Undisputed rerun. This is the third version. 3.0. Undisputed 3.0. Yeah, and the, and, fir- and the first time in AEW didn't go that well either. The first time in AEW was a dumpster fire. Yeah. With Bobby Fish kicking out of finisher finishes and... Yeah. <laughs> But I digress. All getting injured. Yeah, and and so yeah, and AEW just right now again, it just look. You're it's the entertainment industry. If it's not going to entertain me, I'm not I'm not going to keep on watching it. There's plenty of other things that I, I we we could still comment on it. We could still talk about it and still talk about certain things. But we can focus on on WWE. We can even start bringing in some other other situations happening. Just a lot of great rap professional wrestling all over the world. So. This idea, you know, the idea that we're everyone's just going to keep on watching AEW just because they're loyal to the brand, that's bullshit. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that are. You're right. going to be playing the violin on the Titanic when he's scrambling to get a cable deal next year, 
and 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 not just had to relegate to just stream servicing services on Amazon or whatever the hell. Netflix. <laughs> Tony needs that revenue or this company's not going to move. Period. And it seems like a lot of the AEW sycophants don't understand that. And again, I think them promoting him to go in this direction that they've gone in the last week and a half. We'll see how the ratings turn out. We'll see how things go. But if this is the way they go in a couple months, they are going to be drawing under 700,000 on Wednesday nights. And mark my words, that will happen. You can definitely see it. It's on the horizon. They had a couple weeks. They were about 740. It's not a stretch. And have they been number one on Wednesday nights in a while? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that shit. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's the thing. How important are these ratings to anymore and all that kind of stuff? I, again, I just am I've always, I mean, me and you, I think are both our concerns. We want, the, we want the company to continue and stay in business. And yes, be entertaining, but AEW, it's not a coincidence. It might have been a little bit of coincidence because Vince had to leave and then Triple H took over, but it wasn't much of a coincidence. AEW changed a lot about how WWE does business and how they treat their talent. Just the, not nearly the significant way that the, that the guaranteed money was with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. But the way they treated their talent elsewhere, letting them be themselves, letting them uh, be more loose and backstage, uh, making sure they have time off, making sure they have time to spend with their families. That's something that was adopted a little bit. The time off thing was adopted before Triple H took over. Triple H, I think, has, and Nikon has taken it as another level in WWE. That kind of stuff didn't happen five or six years ago. So... Again, AEW has been a great thing for this company, and I, and I always have been grateful for Tony Khan and, and the Young Bucks and, and all that, but they've got to now either be the either lead, follow, or get out of the way if they want this company to succeed. Thank you so much for watching High Spots and Cheap Pops. For Vladi Dottie, this is Silicon Steve Alley. Hit the subscribe button and let us know what you think. Thank you for watching, and here ending the lesson.